All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim Wersberger. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate the support that you guys give us. It really makes us warm and fuzzy inside, doesn't it, Tim? It does. It helps me sleep at night. Does it? You having a hard time sleeping? No, not anymore with all these listens we're getting. Isn't it nice? You had some activity outside your house this week. Tell us all about that. Yeah, well, this morning, I mean, I don't know how excited it is to our listeners, but there's a, a small construction site basically across the street from my from my apartment, and uh, we, I kind of live right on a little uh, Boardman River in Traverse City, and they're building it literally. I mean, this building is going; the water's rising every year, and this building's like basically inches away from the the water, and a building collapsed today in the construction site. Part of a wall or an elevator shaft or something just totally knocked down. I see. see I'm working at my window, see like cop cars and construction trucks and all this stuff going by. Walked over today and I took some pictures of the rubble. It's it's pretty bad. And I actually have a buddy who works for one of the construction sites. He said there were two guys injured, one broken leg, one with broken ribs, neither life-threatening, but some pretty serious stuff. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my, I guess, excitement for the day. And you were saying you were just looking at that site the other day, right? I don't want to pull my engineer card, but I was driving by there not three days ago with my family. And I looked over and I saw this building. I said to my wife, that does not seem safe. Like it does not seem safe. And I'll try to paint the picture for you guys. It was literally a 40 foot high wall straight up, just a wall. That's it. It started off with cement blocks for the first 20 feet. And then it was bricks for the next 20 feet. And it was supported. It had some kind of scaffolding support with some pipes connecting it to the the structure across from it and some stuff connecting it to the ground, but that's it. 
Like we're not talking an L shape or a square or a triangle. It was a legit wall straight up in the air. And I guess this, the soil, the, the rain kind of made the soil not too solid underneath it. And it just, it came down. Well, the word is that it was not the, the, the water levels of the rain. It was the wind that knocked it over is what, is what I was told today. But I mean, we're, it's just, it's just funny. It's ridiculous. And it's uh, bad engineering. Yeah. Yeah. They should have just a, a quick phone call to John Scott could have fixed all that. If only they had the foresight. I should have stopped in, you know, my spidey senses were tingling. I said, that's not good. And lo and behold, it came down. Yeah. It's too bad. Cause that was uh, that's prime, prime real estate there. Prime real estate. But anyways, did you hear the boom when it happened? No, I was listening to music with my headphones in while I was working. Tim. And all I see is just cars going by with the sirens on. I'm like, oh, something going on downtown. I realized it's literally like across the street from me. So that was my excitement of the day. I got to meet some neighbors I hadn't met yet. Everyone's just, you know, walking over, seeing what the heck's going on. Oh, was everybody being safe, social distancing? Social distancing? Yes, yes. A couple masks on, uh, standing far apart, but still being nosy because they couldn't help it. Neither could I. How many masks do you own, Tim? I have two, both uh, because my mom mailed them to me. Otherwise, I would have zero. Well, now, what uh, kind of mask do you have? Is it a medical-grade mask or a homemade mask? It's homemade, but they're, they're heavy duty stuff. Like I can't even breathe when it's on. It's like, it's like nothing's getting through that. Not even my oxygen. What kind of fabric are we talking here? Wool? (laughs) Cotton? Breathable cotton? I don't know. I don't know. What kind of pattern did your mom sew up for you? I'm I don't know. This is, it's a smiley face, a lips, pretend face. It's just like a, a, a cross stitch. Like just, just, I don't know. A pattern. There's nothing. Did she knit it herself? No, is this a homemade no. knit job? No, she bought it from some other local person who had knit it. Really? And she sent it yeah. out. You, how many days a year do you get a care package from Mama Wurzberger? I get them uh, not every month, but like every uh, probably six or seven times a year I'm getting stuff. Or she's forwarding mail and then she'll just drop in like a $20 bill or a piece of candy or something. No way. You were yeah. just such a baby. Every, every holiday, like St. Patrick's Day and Christmas. I mean, I'm home for Christmas, but all the little things. Yeah, she's always just, just mailing me little stuff. I love it. And how old are you? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm 29. Oh, man. You're never going to get married. You got to find someone like your mom. You're never going to get married. No way. If if that's what a woman has to kind of, that's the bar she has to meet. Is your mom sending you stuff in your 29 monthly packages? I'm in my 20s. I'm in my early 20s. It's fine. You just said 29. Oh boy. The clock is ticking, Tim. You got to get on that. I know. I know. Like we're not getting any younger. I know. Does it ever worry you? No, it doesn't worry me because. No. No, I'm not trying to put too much pressure on myself, you know. You're never laying in bed one night and just going through your life accomplishments and be like, man, I should probably be married by now. So speaking of life accomplishments, guess whose podcast I was on the other day? Mine. Larry, our old friend Larry, who we were just talking about last episode, but he's got his own little mountain biking podcast and he introduced me and we talked about like, oh, Tim has his podcast, NHL All-Star, no big deal, John Scott. Tim and John is talking to NHL players every day. And I was like, yeah, if you're listening to this, evaluate your own life compared to mine because mine's pretty good right now. So it's all relative, John. You should thank me because I've really elevated your life. Before yeah, it was a, it was a garbage heap. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we picked each other up. 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you you do add a lot to my life. I text okay. you more than anybody else in my whole life, so that's saying something, even more than my wife. That is that's the same for me as well. I'm just busting your balls, Tim. You're great. You don't have to get married at all. You're you're no fine. You're an independent man. There was a song about that. Independent? Oh, you independent? That's yeah, you. No, it's, it's called misindependent, so it doesn't really work. We can rework the, the lyrics a little bit. Mr. Independent. How about, how about some hockey, John? But Am I going to be like one of your groomsmen when you do get married? Imagine that. How would you like to be the best man? Would, you want to play on my bachelor party? Well, your brother's going to be your best man. I don't know. I don't, I don't talk to him every single day like I do talk to you. That's true. That's true. I'll plan you a bachelor party. It won't be any good, but it'll be fun. <laughs> All right, let's talk some hockey. Okay, so the league is inching ever so slightly towards resuming play. There was the Bungaliza Soccer League in whatever country in Europe opened up play. South Korea opened up their baseball league. So leagues are starting to open around the world. Does this put pressure on the NHL to open a and B does it put pressure on Gary Bettman to be the first one to open up? I've always said this, that he's going to ride the coattails of the NBA. Do you think there is any chance that the NHL opens up before the NBA at all? I wouldn't say zero, but but very little. I mean, because like you said, like until the NBA is back, there's not much pressure on Bedman to get stuff done. Because ultimately, their season only starts like what two or three weeks before the NBA anyway, right? So it's not like he has to 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 be. I mean, like baseball, for example, that's a totally different thing. It really, you can only compare it to the NBA. I don't think there's much pressure at all, really, on him um, individually, other than fans and, and cities and revenue of the teams getting restless. I don't think all the players are too, too, too anxious to, to rush back. Given what I've read online, most of them aren't working out. I saw an interview with uh, Kevin Bieksa the other day, who's interviewing with one of like the, maybe the TSN guys or something, but he's basically talking about everyone that he's talked to is not working out at all. Like none of them are doing anything right now because they're all just banking on the season, not returning this year. Uh, so I don't know if that's just anecdotal, or if that's just kind of the trend across the whole league, but it seems like there's, there's there's not much preparation going on for the league returning, at least among the players, which means there's not much pressure on Bettman to get things moving, in my opinion. Yeah, I've said this before. When I was in my lockout, we were pretty much done for the year. And all the players were planning for the offseason. What are we going to do? How are we going to afford this? Like, where are we looking for next year? We, we were well into October, November, beginning of December everybody thought it was going to be the whole year. Like we were prepared. And the reason I'm saying this is I truly believe Batman knows whether he's going to play or not. Like he knows the end game here. He's just not telling the PA he's doing his kind of thing that he did with us during our negotiations. He's kind of throws the carrot out there. Well, maybe we'll play. Maybe we won't. What do you think? Like, then he like, will shut the door and say, no, like we're not going to play. I think he knows whether he's going to play or not. And I think the answer is no. I think he's just doing this to kind of make it seem like he's trying to play and he just keeps throwing out because he's releasing information that I feel he would never release if it was a regular issue or if he really did want to play. 
he's being really forthright with all the stuff he's leaking him and bill daly saying things like oh yeah well the travel ban this and that is not a big deal the 2014 playoff like they're being really open with their discussions with the nhlpa where before they're very close they keep everything close to the vest so it just seems like they're leaking a lot of stuff and that smells fishy to me it's like okay they want to seem like they're trying they want to seem like they're giving it all like they really want to play this game they really want to do this i think this is his plan and then once the season's over he's going to hammer the pa and the pa is going to be talking about escrow they they're going to want some kind of deal to kind of maybe offset the escrow over a few years and this and that and i think Batman is going to absolutely hammer the PA on something with the HRR, the 50-50 split they have now. Maybe he's going to go for that. That's the, what, what I think is going to happen now. He is a very, very smart man. Like, he's very, very smart. And I think he has an end game here. And I think the end game is to get the players in a bad situation, which they are. They are in a terrible situation, situation right now. Right now, the players, if the, if the league stops now, they will owe the, the league a ton of money like a ton of money. They've been paid their whole salary. The only thing they've held back is the last paycheck, which is around 100 to $150 million in that range, 120. They will have to pay back triple, three, four, five, six times that in escrow. And youth players have that saved up. Not all of them. I would say maybe the five, six-year vets have that in the bank. But if you're a guy who's only been in the league two or three years, there's no way you have a couple hundred grand just sitting in the bank. And you have to just write a check to the league. You can't do that. So I don't know. It would not surprise me to see this used as some kind of negotiation tactic by Gary moving forward. So, okay. So a couple things here. So one, uh, I agree on Bettman because like, obviously he's not one known for transparency or, or being uh, proactive when it comes to stuff like this. He's a, he's a reactive commissioner i think he's he likes to hold his cards close to his chest and basically make it so that whatever happens he comes out on top so he's, he's not really sticking his neck out when it comes to this so the fact that he is talking and interviewing him and bill daly are talking about this kind of stuff it means like they're 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 laying their cards out in a certain way trying to make certain things happen so that it can appear like they're making action when there really is none um as far as like the escrow goes, and again, like this is the whole business side that maybe most fans, including myself, don't really follow, understand, or really you know pay too much attention to. But like in this in this example, do you think players like a you know a Luongo or Thornton or Marlow or guys like who have been in the league forever? I know Luongo just retired, but the, the guys who have been in the league forever who have made their millions, would they step up on behalf of the younger players to offset some of the cost? of their team for escrow owed back to the league? No, absolutely not. Because it's based on a percentage of your salary. So they are already like having a bigger share of that chunk. So if you make 10 million bucks, you're getting 30, 40% taken off of that. So they're already shouldering that percentage. It's not like a flat rate to everybody. Like, Oh, everybody owes a million dollars. It's it's a percentage of your salary. So no, Jumbo's not going to be like, Oh, you know what? I'm a good guy. I'll, I'll, you know, take up my team's escrow payments. I, I get that that will not happen because then no, it, it just is not, not going to be a thing, but it's um, that will be the interesting thing, what they do with escrow. And I know a lot of fans don't, I think a lot of fans understand it, but it is a big deal. I remember when I was doing in my lockout, we had the opportunity 
to cap escrow at nine or eight percent. That was that was the thing, and the league offered it. They said, "Well, we want to do this escrow. Let's we'll cap it at nine percent. That's the highest it'll ever be." And I think it was Trevor Linden or someone said, "No, there's no way. Like it'll never get that high. We don't want to cap it." And so we just kind of threw that away, and we we just let that go. And in hindsight, a 9% escrow would have been by far the lowest escrow I ever paid in my career. <laughs> by far. Because like I would say on average, my escrow was around 12 to 14%. Some years was in the 16 to 17% range. Other years, it was 11%. But it was always in the double-digit range. It was never, ever at 9%. So we dropped the ball on that one. Thanks, Trevor Linden. I think it was Linden who did that. But yeah, it's, um, and now this year where it's going to be 30 to 40%, that's incredible. Like that is incredible. Do you guys as, so you were a rep for the NHLPA for your teams. That how, that was your job. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have like a separate email thread or group chat going among player reps? Like, did you have separate, how was your, how was your internal conversations? How were they held? It was, the technology wasn't there yet with the phones and email even. It was still pretty primitive back in my day. Like I, my cell phone had the snake game on it, the Nokia. Like that was my big phone. So we would do just conference calls. That was it. We would get on a conference call every month where guys would try to make it in. Usually on average, there'd be 15, 16 guys out of the 30 teams. So, and you would just get on and chat and just talk about what's going on. And it wasn't like serious. It only got serious in the summer when it was a negotiation year. Yeah. Like we, we would, and then we would fly to cities. We go to Chicago, we go to Toronto, we would meet, we would discuss different kind of strategies, how we're going to deal with the league and stuff like that. So, but most, most of the time it was rule changes, things Gary wanted to implement, stuff like that. And it was, it was actually pretty fun. I enjoyed the calls. It kept you kind of in the game a little bit. What goes on behind closed doors. It's, it's pretty interesting. So I don't know, man, I, I would love to be in a fly on a wall right now talking to uh, those players about what their strategy is. If the league shuts down, like it, it has to be fascinating. It's, it's strange to hear Bexa say that the players aren't ready to play. If I was a player right now, I would be begging to get back on the ice. The problem is that like most of them don't have, you know, obviously rinks in their backyard and they don't have access to their rinks when they're shut down and stuff. So what are they supposed to do? I mean, you can, you can roll a blade maybe, but that's not the same thing. Oh, right? I don't care. I could be 30 pounds overweight. I'd still want to get it back on the ice and get my check or yeah. keep my check at this point. Like th- that would be such a motivating factor. It would, it would be completely dollar signs. Like let's get on the ice. Let's salvage this season. Let's try to keep the money in our bank account, not give it back to the owners. Like, I don't care what shape I'm in. Like, let's go. I'll work myself into shape. Like this, this is uh, there has to be like alarms going off, like red flags, like let's play. And the chances of even if a player does get this disease, they're not going to die. Like there's a next to 0% chance that any one of these players will like die if they get this virus. Didn't you, sorry, didn't no, you go have ahead. A, uh, your own lockout story where you were like home for the holidays, just eating your weight and cookies and lasagna and stuff. And then you got the call that you were coming back. Oh yeah. I was, on, I was, I, I was pushing 288 pounds. <laughs> was that 25 and, pounds overweight for you? I, I played at like two, 260. So I was 28 pounds over what I usually played at. And I was like, I, I jumped on the scale. I was like, whoa, Papa is, 
<laughs> let himself go. And yeah, like, it's not like I was like going out partying, but I wasn't working out. I was eating. My wife was just throwing down Christmas dinners and holiday meals. It was like, we were in celebration mode and I thought the season was over. And then, yeah, we got the call. I think it was a week before the new year's around Christmas time. It's like, we think there's going to be a season. And I just panicked. I just went on full diet mode and I wasn't working out. Like it was, you can't, there's only so long you can work out by yourself. Yeah. You know, like I, I trained all summer gearing up for a camp and then it just never came. And it's like, I, I can't keep that same intensity. Then you, it kind of bounces back the other way where it's like, all right, I'm done. Like <laughs> this is enough. And I just like kind of let, let go obviously. So the big report today uh, or this week was that Canada and the United States agreed to keep their shared border closed for at least another month, which would be June 21st. Um, how would that impact the league? Cause I mean, like, even if, you know, they find a neutral spot to host these games and have just maybe like five or six hotbeds for games instead of traveling to all 31 cities, but you, you know, you have American players on Canadian teams and vice versa. Like how would this impact the league? The, the media is so, is so stupid. Um, <laughs> this wouldn't, A, I am doing the A, B and C thing tonight, I guess. June 1st is well before when any teams would need to travel for play. Like it's not even, it's 21st. Sorry. June 21st is well before the teams would even need to travel. And even if they did, the only travel they're restricting is non-essential travel. I could get in my car right now and drive to Canada and cross the border would not be an issue. If they start this league up, do you think Canada is going to say that hockey teams are not essential travel? It's for work. They're obviously going to get to let the teams cross the border. It is not a big deal. And the, the, the media tries to make stories out of nothing. This is a non-story. If they wanted to play games tomorrow, there is not a doubt in my mind that the Canadian prime minister wouldn't be like, come on in. Like, no brainer. Like, there's no way he's going to tell the Boston Bruins if they're playing the first round against the Montreal Canadiens to stay home. Like, there's no way. He'll be the most hated man in Canada. He'll be on everybody's hit list. It just will not happen. It will not happen. So that's a, that's a non-reason. I, I th- Listen, I, I don't think the league will start. I think it'll be a wash of a season. I, I hope I'm wrong, but they are – like everything seems to point that they are moving in the direction of a 2014 playoff. Like this is where it's inching. Like every, like the States and the USA are opening up. Michigan opened up this week. There there's bars and restaurants that are open up. More States are just kind of loosening their restrictions and it's May it's, it's the third week of May. So if this keeps going a July 1st, imagine opening up on Canada day, how exciting that would be how appropriate that would be July 1st, first game, first game of the, the play in series. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. So we talked about it a couple episodes ago, the, the different kind of scenarios of how we're going to see this play out. There's 31 teams in the league. The idea now that I've heard, and obviously everyone else has probably heard about it is 24 teams. You have the, like we talked about two weeks ago or last week, Four teams in each division get a bye. The remaining 16 have a play-in, whether it's a one-game or a three-game. And then those eight join the other four in each division, and you have a regular 16-team playoff. Thoughts on that, Tim? One, two, dropping the gloves. 
There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Guess what? NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. I love gambling, Tim. I absolutely love it. So, Bet Online is where I go when I want to scratch that itch. So, you can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter for free. I'm going to do that. That sounds like fun. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, it's your online wagering solution. I love it. I mean, like we said before, like the baseball playing game is like the most exciting, you know, couple of days in sports or at least the whole season. So the idea of watching NHL teams either have a one or three game playing game to be part of the, that elite 16 would just be so, so cool to watch. I mean, like I'd be watching Western Conference teams just to be just to, to watch that, you know. Um, and, and part of that, you know, it's kind of misleading to that point where we say 2014 playoff as uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, reported yesterday. So he kind of said, this is a tweet from May 18th. Maybe it's semantics, but my understanding of what's being talked about with 24 teams is that it's still 16 teams in the actual playoffs, but there, there would be play-in series to get into the field of 16. So what we're probably going to look at is, like I said, one or maybe three game play-in series among those fringe playoff teams and then getting into a normal 16 round or 16 team playoff round one. Yeah, it's um, it's a little – it's definitely exciting. It definitely would be very exciting for the fans. But it's also – if I was a team right now sitting in fifth place in the Eastern or Western Conference, there was no way I would want to have a play-in game. I busted my hump all regular season – and now I have to chance everything on a best of three. If I'm Pittsburgh, I have to go and play Montreal, where Montreal is a terrible, terrible hockey team. The only reason they would be in this playoff is because Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo are garbage. And, like, they're basically AHL teams. And they got in by default because of this 24-team thing. And you're going you're gonna to give them a chance to maybe a lucky bounce here or there. Crosby tweaks an ankle, a groin. And then you get to move on to go to the playoffs. Like I, I, I would hate this. If I was one of those teams, I would be pushing for the top six in each conference, make it and the bottom three do a round Robin or the bottom four do a play in tournament because it just completely disregards the regular season for a team who's fifth or sixth, who is like maybe a hair below the fourth place team. I don't know. I guarantee you the conversations on those calls are very heated because the coaches and GMs are talking to the players before those calls. I guarantee it. And they're getting a sense of what's going on because each party has to agree. The NHL will throw something out to the players and the players either agree to it 
or they'll just throw it out. They'll modify it and give it back to the NHL. They kind of swat that ball back and forth. And the GMs and the coaches kind of get stuck in the middle because they're not on the owner's side and they're not really on the player's side. So they tend to kind of talk to the captains and they'll kind of give them insight and the captains will let them know how it's going. And I guarantee you the GMs and the coaches are like, you need to fight for this not to happen. If you're, if you're one of those teams that were fifth or sixth place, but if you're a team like Montreal, you're like loving life. If you're Mark Bergevin, this is like, this might save my job. I I was packing my bags. I was for sure going to get fired. Stan Bowman in Chicago, like he is on the hot seat. If he can squeak into the playoffs, beat Edmonton first round, that's a win for him. He, he has secured his job for one, maybe two years based on that. So it's, it's definitely, there's a lot that goes into it than just like, oh, this seems fair, 24 teams, let's do that. Like it, it definitely affects a lot of players and a lot of coaches. So I, I would love to be a fly on the wall, Tim. I really yeah. would. But like, what about the flip side of that? Those teams that are just fringe playoff teams that are squeaking into this 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 play in series of a guy who's you know towards the end of his career. Like I'm looking at Arizona, like a uh, you know uh, Brad Richardson or or Derek Stepan or Michael Grabner or Goligoski, like those guys that have had playoff runs before. They, they are they going to want to risk being hurt for a chance to like a chance to win a game for a chance to play a number one seed in the playoffs, which they know they're not going to beat. Like, is that worth that to them? Yeah. There's a lot of balls in the air, a lot of moving parts. I I would say, yes. Like, listen, we're all competitors. And I, and I think any chance you get to play playoff hockey, whether it's a best of three or a best of seven or whatever it may be, like the guys want to play, I think at the end of the day, but I like we talked to Shane Knighty earlier this week. If you get hurt, it ends your career. He was, he had a great try, like great PTO tweak a groin and you're done. If one of those guys, Alex got Goligoski goes down to break, um, block a shot, breaks his leg, his career's over. You know what I mean? So that's a good point. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's really interesting because there's a lot of guys in that situation who could um, like a Minnesota wild team. They have so many vets on that team. Do you think they want to go and, like, get injured? I, I don't know, Tim. I well, really you don't. See, you can see pretty quickly like, just how complex the situation is and why there's no black and white answer and why they haven't come up with a, you know, a, a plan for move forward yet, right? I mean, there's just so much at play here that people don't really think about. Well, that's why I think the young teams – let's go. Okay, Calgary, Winnipeg, who do you got? Cal- Calgary. Calgary. Edmonton, Chicago, who do you have? Edmonton. Vancouver, Arizona. Vancouver. Nashville, Minnesota. Nashville. Hurricanes, Florida. Florida. Leafs, Rangers. Leafs. Canadians, Penguins. Penguins. Islanders, Blue Jackets. Islanders. So you pr- you pick the favorite pretty much every every round. Wait, wait no, you, didn't, you didn't say the Bruins. They got the bye. Oh, talking, oh, this is the play-in series? This was the play-in series, yeah. So a team yeah. like Montreal, see, I, I think Montreal would have an advantage. They got the young legs, and they have that goalie, Carey Price. I honestly think a goaltender is going to make a huge difference for the three-game series. So who is Montreal playing in the play-in right now? Pittsburgh. It depends. If it's a one-game series, like literally anything can happen, right? Yeah, I think it'll be three, if anything. Yeah. How do they do a one – Is it would it be a home team and then, then the – and then the higher seed gets two and three. I would imagine 
what I've heard now is every series would be played in one spot. So they're looking at a couple hubs. So whether it's in a Toronto or a Vancouver or an Arizona or a Vegas or Traverse city, all the teams would stay there and they would just play the games in that one. So you'd have like six teams in one area or eight teams or however, however it may be. And you just play multiple games. Boom, boom, boom. So there wouldn't be any home or away from my understanding, but if there is home and away, I would think in this first round, you give the team with the higher standing all three games. You have to. You have to. A, eliminate yeah. travel, speed it up, and that is their just gift, their reward for finishing higher in the standings. You have to penalize a team like Montreal who doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah, but how would you feel as a player on those teams to not get a home game in the play-ins? I'd feel great. I'd be like, I'm in the playoffs. Jackpot. I have 50 points, and I'm playing in the playoffs. Like, I should not be here. So, I um, I think that's what they should do. Would any of the playoff – or so the play-in teams, especially those bottom eight teams that are getting a play-in game, would they get any playoff revenue sharing going on? Or no, only if they win – if they move on? And I think every every team shares in the playoff revenue. But even the playing games, though, I mean, this is unprecedented. I think they would try to even the teams that probably don't make it would get a share of it because they have to sign off on it too, right? So I think the whole league would get a share of it. But that that's what I think would happen because you can't just take twenty four teams. Like, all right, we're going to take twenty four. Sorry, remaining seven. You guys are on your own. You're not going to get any money. Yeah. So I think everyone would get a share. Everyone would kind of just pool it together and you go from there. So very interesting, Tim. It'll be from what it says here on Pierre Lebrun's Twitterverse, um, a decision is expected in the next week or so. Now I'd put my tweet that I sent out about a month ago, looking pretty sweet right now. <laughs> looking pretty sweet, Darren Dragger. So, yeah, but you said a month ago you expected it to start, and now you're kind of saying you don't think they'll move forward, right? No, I just kind of relayed what i heard yeah i've always said i I don't think they'll play so i think it's a bad idea to start i think if they do play it'll be great i'm a fan i I would i would think it would be super exciting especially if they can get out in front of the nba which i don't think they'll do but if they did if gary got out of his way and just kind of let this thing happen it'd be crazy exciting but the nhl is not a fun league they never do anything fun (laughs) they just shut down fun Whenever so, they, whenever they can. So my last question is like, how if they don't, if they decide not to move forward, do you start next season on time as scheduled? I think it all depends on this virus. But if I was in charge, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to because you would be the only dog playing NBA. It seems like they're going to start, so they would start their season further on, and you would kind of be the only uh, act in town. You'd have to start on time. What sure. about if they if they have this whole playoff thing, assuming that's basically getting into maybe late July, early August, but if not later. You start you- in the new year or December new year, depending on how long playoffs go. Yeah. And then you'd have a pro pro rated season. What would be exciting is you don't do you would just stay in your conference. Play forty two games in your conference and just have that. Sixty two I mean- games or whatever it may be. This whole this whole conversation is just a good reminder of just this this historical time we're living in right now. This whole thing is unprecedented. No one knows what's coming next. They're, they're, this stuff is this whole the last couple of months is going to be in history book. You know what I mean? Like it's we're we're talking about hockey, but only a small fragment of of the bigger picture and how the whole world is changing in regards to this stuff. And it's 
it's crazy to think about how it's impacted literally everything. Um, I think when we look back in 10 years, whatever it may be, we're just going to shake our head on how silly we acted or overreacted to this whole situation where, oh, yeah, like all this virus and this and that. And it's like, wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, we'll, we'll never know if we were too careful, but we'll know if we weren't careful enough, right? I think we're being way too careful. And this is, I listen, I know people disagree with me, I'm sure. And this is just my opinion. This has nothing to do with Tim or the show. I feel like we are giving up way too many rights and we're not gaining much. Everyone has to come out at some point. Everyone's going to get this virus regardless. We're just sitting at home for no reason now. There's not going to be a, a, a cure-all cure, a vaccine that comes out in the next two, three, four, five, six months. We can't stay locked up that long. We have to go out. We have to get out. And everyone will get this virus. It's just a matter of when, not how. It's a matter of when. So I don't know why we're still playing this like, oh, we got to stay in. No, let's get out. Everyone get out. Be smart about it, but get, get out. And I'm not, I'm not making any policies or anything like that, but it's like, what are we waiting for? The reason we locked down in the first place, and I'm getting political, was to make sure the hospitals were not overrun. The hospitals are fine now. Our hospital here in town has nobody in it. My father-in-law works there. He's like, it's empty. The only two people there are the guys who just broke their leg and arm at that fall. So <laughs> it's like, let's go. Come on. Let's get out, everybody. Play some hockey. That's, that's what I think. Get out, play some hockey. Everyone, let's get infected. Let's get coronavirus, build some antibodies, and we'll be good to go. Keep the old people at home. Wait till the vaccine comes and they can get vaccinated. But hey, if 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 this was like chicken pox, my, my family, I would get it right away. Beat it, we're done. On on with our day. And here we go. That's just my two cents, Tim. No, I I, I pretty much mostly agree with you because I, I think I think the economic you know impact is going to last a lot longer than this than the the medical or, or personal impact. So I think we need to start opening things up and give businesses a chance to recover and get the economy going again. But again, it's who am I? Cause I, I, I don't know anything. I don't follow this stuff. As well, the politicians are doing it now just to kind of election year. And they're doing this to kind of improve their standing in the election year, which is sad. They're thinking more about that than they are about their actual people that they're trying to enrich their lives or they're voted to protect or whatever it may be so, but anyways uh, yeah not to get into politics but i'm just curious which which country's politics do you follow more closely u.s or the Canada? states 100 percent. yeah yeah I, I talk to my dad every once in a while and he just shakes his head when he talks about canadian politics he cannot stand trudeau oh hates him with a passion that guy trudeau is the biggest joke he's like was an actor at some college, then he's like, I'm going to be a politician because my dad was, and he ran for like a local election one. The next thing you know, he's prime minister. Ugh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are from Canada. I, I do not like Trudeau. That guy is just such a, ugh. I'm, I'm a little more conservative as you can tell, but he is definitely not conservative. Boy, oh boy, is he opposite of conservative. So whatever I vote in the States, I vote in Canada and I vote conservative both ways so i'll get i'll get i'll talk politics all day i love talking about that stuff it's it's so interesting especially here in the states it's just like you're either a democrat or republican and if you're republican the whole country hates you and if you're a democrat you can't do anything wrong so what are you gonna do i'm a republican 
<laughs> so, and yeah, if you're Republican, you're not allowed to say you're Republican. I will say this. I've got, I voted in one election my whole life, one president presidential election. Yeah. One and oh. I've had, I've had three. Are you three and oh? No. I'm you not. voted you voted for Hillary, you son of a gun. No, no. Yes, you did. Come on, John. I would not vote for her. <laughs> did but, you, did... you know, I, I yeah, I don't want to get into politics. I, I do want to say just like I, I have my thoughts, but I'm not like informed or or, or you know, in, in tune enough to articulate them my thoughts well or, or sound smart when I talk about politics. So I just stay away from it. Yeah. Opinions and that's it. I I think you'd be surprised at how informed you are and like some of these politicians, they just don't know what they're talking about. They just talk to hear their voice and they don't really know what they're saying. It's just a joke. Kind of like us on this podcast, right? No, man, this is grade A stuff. This is like <laughs> when people leave this podcast, they have learned something every time. I hope I'm, so. I'm a teacher up here. I feel good spewing knowledge on all of our listeners, but Another day we'll have a, a politics. We should do that. A referendum. Get Trudeau out of office. Well, well speaking of referendums, we have uh, our 100th episode coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think this is like 92 or something. Like we we got to start thinking about how we're going to do a little bit of a recap or a, a uh, look into the past. For, for I mean, the, the yeah. Name a hockey player who wore the number 92. 92. Was it Finneganov 92? Um... I don't know. Was he 92? No, he was like 62, maybe. Uh, I don't know about 92. Do you? Are you looking it up? No, well, I, I know one. He plays for the Leafs. Right now? I don't know. Oh. Nylander? Is he 92? Did you or know was that, that his dad? <laughs> well, I don't know. By the way, the uh, we had some fans. I think like four or five just yesterday tweeted us their their uh, salary cap teams. Yeah, uh, and, and not everyone relied on the entry level contracts like you and I did. But Brandon Carlo showed up on like three out of the four teams. I'm glad to see he's getting some representation. I'm so underrated, so so good. You would know that if you watched the games. I'm really disappointed in our fans. Carlo's a garbage defenseman. He makes too Dude. much money. <sighs> no, stop. He's so good. It was Michael Nylander, not William Nylander. Michael was 92. And so was Jeff O'Neill. O-Dog. It's so funny seeing, like, everyone's doing these, you know, best of this or, like, top list of that. And right now, I think TSN or someone like that, Sportsnet's doing uh, best NHL player to wear every number. Going down for 99 to 1. I think probably making several weeks series out of it. I wonder who they had for 92. Nylander. That'd be the only one. Who was... Your best, okay. Who was your best? Hmm. What's a number that everyone wears? Like number seven? 91 is a big one. 90, well, it's got to be Fedorov, right? Yeah, but you also have like Tavares and Stamkos and Savard and Tarasenko. Like there are so many 91s. Yeah. I mean, not Heisman. Uh, Fedorov's number one, but yeah. 19 will be a hard one too. There's a lot of good 19s. Yeah, I mean, you got Taze, obviously. Yeah, Iserman, and I'm just, I'm Thornton. sure. Thornton. Jumbo, there's a lot of good 19s. Anyways, we're going to do the worst team ever assembled by salary cap. That didn't sound good, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. That'll be fun. 
I want to do that. But anyways, I've said, but anyways, three times, because I want to end this episode. It's time. Yeah. It is time. I really appreciate everyone for listening, but I got stuff to do. It's, it's, it's late here. And I got, I got to get up early, Tim. Last question. Oh my goodness. We haven't, we haven't talked. Have you finished Lord of the Rings? Did you finish that? Yes. Epic. Awesome. Right? Absolutely. Unbelievable. So I don't like Frodo. I've come to that conclusion. I did not like Frodo in that movie. You like Sam? I love Samwise Ganji. I thought Frodo was just a weenie the whole movie. He just like falls over and cries and like is always just like so weak and stuff. I'm like, come on, Frodo, like get yourself together. Like it's pick it up. Man, that has that effect on people. You don't understand. No, but Bilbo had it and he was like a BA. He like his eyes went bloodshot and like he turned <laughs> angry. And Frodo is just always crying and like lost and falling over. And he just does, there's not one moment in that whole franchise where I'm like, oh, Frodo, you're cool. He's very disappointing for leads. He's, he's kind of the main character. He's kind of the hero. But the more you read, he's really not. He's really not the hero of the story. And Samwise is, is the underrated hero. My favorite character is the elf. I like, like that guy. Yeah. He's cool. I like him. He's always like killing the, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, I like Faramir. Uh, I think he's super underrated. Super kind of a tortured guy that was just never good enough for his dad. Never good enough for for Gondor and his city. But he just he just always did the right thing, and he was a badass in his own right when it came to fighting and everything. How? When is the last time you saw these movies or read oh, these books? Over and over again. I was, yeah, I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. You are just <laughs> rattling off these names like you've saw it millions of times. I, I have. <laughs> I just watched them like a week and a half ago, and I could not. <laughs> I'm like, okay, who is Fairmore? Uh, who's that? <laughs> but yeah. yes, very, very good series. We should. I don't know what to watch next. What do you I'll, watch I'll next? Recommendations. I'll text you. Yeah. Maybe I'll put something on Twitter. Do it. I, my fans always have good, uh, good advice. All right, everybody. It is time. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts hats hoodies and so much more and please please leave a review on apple Podcasts. it's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love thanks and see you next time